This podcast is for the curious, for those seeking honest conversations about life and ministry. It's for those fully aware that we are in a moment in history that demands our attention and our intentionality. The world is about to turn, and this podcast is for those who seek to be co-conspirators with the Holy Spirit. Those who wish to affect a turn toward the one who offers life and life abundant in our weary world. This podcast is for those committed to God's invitation to us as church together. As people in mission, responding to the demands of the gospel. Well, welcome back to season two and to episode two of The World is About to Turn. I am Leila Ortiz. I have the honor and privilege of serving as Bishop of the Metropolitan Washington, D.C. Synod. And this uh, season, we're going to be dedicating to Advent devotions and leaning into what has already been created for us by Sundays and Seasons. And so for these four weeks, um, we're going to be discussing, last week we discussed the gift of patience, this week, we'll be discussing the gift of speech and silence. Next week, the gift of hope. And we'll end with the gift of family. And so we have decided that because we're doing such interesting, powerful, and meaningful ministry here locally, we wanted to share a bit of what it is that we're doing and what it is that God is inviting all of us to do for the sake of the world, not just for the sake of this context. And so we've invited guests um, this season who are all from Gifts of Hope Beneficiary beneficiary um, organizations. And so those of you who do not know, Gifts of Hope is a Metro DC Synod alternative gift giving program, which helps donors support church camps, ministries, international companion synods, and local social service agencies affiliated with the synod all through one giving platform. And so the program is actually open to all people and helps people in need regardless of their faith or religious affiliation, which means that when we we donate through Gifts of Hope. We share, we get to change the lives of people in our community and beyond. And so we also get to experience the true gift and joy of generosity through more meaningful giving. And so we are very excited to have two representatives of beneficiary organizations, a representative from Fellowship Square and another from Lutheran Social Services. And today we get to discuss the gift of speaking and the gift of silence. The text that was inspired or what was offered to us was the text around Zechariah and how he was struck speechless and how his imposed silence became a time to reflect on the wonders of God. And so maybe, maybe in this season, we've been called to engage in silence for the sake of listening, or maybe we've been invited to shout for joy as Zechariah does later on when his child is born and he's able to name his child John. And so today we want to hear from Christy Zeitz, who's with us today, and from Pastor Christine Dunn. And I'd like to begin with Christy. Christy, you're here with us from Fellowship Square. I'd love to hear a little bit of what the ministry of Fellowship Square is, and then feel free to dive into the question, when is it of value to speak up and when is it important to stay silent in your context? 
Thank you for having me. Um, Fellowship Square is a nonprofit organization that provides housing and services to people who are 62 and older that live on a very limited fixed income. Uh, we have four apartment buildings here in the D.C. area, three in Virginia, one in Maryland. And when I say on a limited fixed income, these are people who have less than $15,000 a year to mm -hmm. live on. Um, our communities are independent living, so we don't provide nursing care, but we have a lot of programs and services that help them through the aging process and keep them excited and engaged to get up the next day and, and, and participate in life around them. Um, so when I was thinking about um, when is the time to speak up and when is the time to stay silent, as an organization, we do both. So we make sure that we have a voice at the table when policies and governmental regulations are changing that are going to impact our residents. Mm. So we have 850 people who call Fellowship House home across our properties, and it's very important uh, that we speak up on their behalf. Uh, many of them have never uh, had someone advocate for them, and so we're there to make sure that they have what they need to live a healthy and peaceful life. Um, also, we, we spend some time on uh, being silent as an organization. For example, um, as you know, during 2020, when the COVID pandemic hit, mm -hmm. it was a very challenging time for all of us. And older adults were one of the hardest hit age groups that were very susceptible to the complications of the virus and even dying. And with our residents, we decided we needed to be quiet and listen to them. We had to cut down on all of our programs and activities, all the personal interactions we were having, and basically everyone had to stay in their apartments. And as you can imagine, the social, social isolation set in and depression was mm -hmm. soon to follow. Yeah. It became clear at the beginning that this was not going to end well if we didn't do something to keep them uh, it, it connected to their community. And I started a weekly letter to each of the 850 residents talking about not only what we were doing to keep them safe and the properties and, and things that we were doing regarding the CDC guidelines, but I started talking about how I felt about mm -hmm. the pandemic, some of the fear and frustration, the concerns I had, where we would end up, and shared this with them on a personal level and in these letters I would ask them to tell me how they felt and I would include my mailing address my email address and my phone number mm. and as you can imagine I uh, started to get a lot of feedback and I was able to stay silent and listen to them tell me about their concerns and what was going on with them personally or their families um, where they were angry uh, whether it was with the government or, or with their neighbor uh, or even frustrated with us because we weren't allowing them to have activities. And so through this, I was silent because I wanted to hear what they had to say. And that was one of the most meaningful experiences of my career um, to really engage them in this way. And I will tell you that um, after a year or so of uh, the pandemic, I, uh, the feedback that I started to get was how much they really appreciated my letters and how it got 
them through some of their lonely times because they knew they could count on the letter each week and the things that I would talk about. And even some of their family members expressed how much it was uh, important for their mom or their dad to have that connection uh, because they're living in a building. They want to know that somebody's in charge, that somebody's taking care of things. And they knew that I would be responsible for that. And I was taking, uh, you know, I was being accountable to them. And it it made a big difference uh, in the relationship that I had with all the residents. And in fact, uh, to their enjoyment of life later on, once we started opening things back up, um, it was really a a new day, an awakening for everyone to be able to come out and fellowship again. And, uh, you know, I was welcomed with open arms at all the properties when the residents would get together. And so that was an example of where we stayed silent. So we we gave them guidelines. They knew what the new rules were. Um, But at the end of the day, I wanted to hear from them about what they were going through, what some of their concerns were. And it wasn't just about the pandemic if you remember that's when we had a lot of social unrest Mm -hmm. they were watching the news and getting upset about things and you know we talked about a lot of different things in these letters that I sent out Uh, you know whatever was happening I was addressing it and asking them to let me know what they thought and uh, it was a communication even though we weren't sitting across from each other like you and I are Um, they knew that I would answer their letters, answer their emails, pick up the phone when they called. And, uh, you know, it was one of the ways that we got through this together by us being silent and listening to our residents. Yeah, I think from what you've shared, I think it's important to note that um, sometimes speaking is is not about being uh, super bold. It's sometimes just about speaking about what you're feeling, what's going, what's true to you in a particular moment. Um, and that that being silent is for the sake of listening, for the sake of relationship that can then lead potentially to trust, right? So that they know that they can trust you in difficult situations to care for them and to accompany them. So thank you for that. That's really, really helpful just for us to to think about and um, discern over when is it time for us to speak and when is it time for us to be silent for the sake of listening, for the sake of relationship. Thank you. Pastor Christine, please share a bit of your ministry at Lutheran Social Services and feel free to dive into the question, when is it of value to speak up and when is it important to stay silent in your context? Bishop Ortiz, I really appreciate um, how uh, you've invited us on here. And Christy, I wanted to say that um, I appreciate that you lifted up how speech and silence can both be ways of forging connections. Here at Lutheran Social Services of the National Capital Area, um, that connection piece is, is really what we're, we're going for. Um, we serve refugees, asylum seekers, asylees, unaccompanied refugee minors, um, and, and some folks in foster care. And all of these people are looking for connection. And, um, you know, as one of the things that I was thinking about um, in relation to the work that Lutheran Social Services does, um, what really struck me in the devotion that you read, uh, Pastor Ortiz, um, when the Zachariah encounters this angel of the Lord, mm-hmm. Um, I feel so often um, like I'm Zachariah. Or, and, and I think many of the staff at LSSNCA 
would also say that we feel that way, that we're, we're struck and we're, we're sometimes struck into speechlessness um, because of the awe of the folks that we're working with. Um, or sometimes we're struck silent because of the horrors that we are, that are relayed to us from, you know, few people who have fled their home countries, um, you know, due to war and persecution, religious persecution and horrors that I would like to not be able to imagine, but given the things that, you know, we're bombarded with on a daily basis, we know the horrors that are out there. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'm struck speechless because I'm just amazed, um, <laughs> completely amazed and I don't have the words. Like I love that Zacharias says, you know, that he can shout with joy and sometimes my amazement can also make me not like feel like I have the voice or my words are Mm -hmm. so inadequate. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was also thinking that the speechlessness also is an indicator of, especially as somebody who was born in America at, at my confusion and my bewilderment and the, the point that, you know, like my learning point that I need to be silent or confused or, mm. you know, awestruck because I, I get to learn from, from somebody. And when I, what I was thinking so much in this relationship between um, like, refugees and asylum seekers and, you know, those who are, are new Americans and those of us who have been here for a longer period of time that for, for me and um, those of us who want to advocate on behalf of others, I, I think the way that our advocacy or our, our voice, like when we're speaking, our advocacy um, really has um, power and impact, it, it's only after um, we've, we've listened and we've mm-hmm. really heard somebody's story. Mm-hmm. And so that then we can, you know, learn their story and their story becomes part of ours because that when their story um, is part of our story, then it, you know, that can give rise to our voice. And I think that when all of those stories come together and are, um, equally honored and equally important that that's when we get to like, you know, I love the name of the podcast. That's when we get to participate in God's work of turning the world towards peace and justice. And, um, but I think sometimes our, our need to, or our desire to have, um, justice enacted, our, our speech can sometimes be a detriment to that mm-hmm. if we haven't actually heard from those, um, you know, that, that we're doing advocacy on behalf of those. Um, and so that's what I was thinking about so much. And, and, and the other thing is um, we're really lucky at LSS and CA to have community and congregation partners who, um, who want to come alongside folks and do this great work of, you know, turning the world. And I, one of the, the thing I love most about working with congregations who um, want to support refugees and asylum seekers and unaccompanied refugee minors and, and other community partners is that they've entered into the lives of folks and they become such fierce 
advocate. And while sometimes it's hard, I love it when congregations or community groups come to me and say, or ask questions like, why is this the way it is? This seems insufficient because that shows me that they care so much about the work that they do mm. and that they want to make change. And so it's, it's only in having those partnerships that one can see, you know, where they're really doing great work and points where they can improve or points where they, uh, those are like education points. And so I, I guess for, for me, this learning and hearing is as a communal experience um, is, is so important. So I, I think that's, uh, that's the part that's so stunning to me is uh, I guess to like circle back. The part is so stunning to me is that um, I as an individual, and then I think LSSNCA as an agency so often gets to be that Zachariah and um, encountering these angels and then finding when we get to speak and when we need to be silent. Thank you for that, Pastor Christine. Um, it sounds to me from what you're saying that, that, that when we're struck, right, by the angel of the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, when we're struck by how God happens through people that are different than us, um, there might be the, the possibility of transformation, right? If, mm-hmm. if, we're, yeah. if, if we lean into what it means to be struck silent, Right. When you're in awe or when you're perplexed or when the horror is too grand to have words for. Right. What does it mean for us? What does it mean when the spirit strikes us to the point of I really have nothing to say at this time other than to sit, engage and listen? Um, And when we do that, there's a potential of transformation, not only of our whole lives, but maybe maybe just of our worldview. Right. This experience that you've had now with LSS, these these conversations and these stories that you've been engaging seems to me have um, broadened your worldview, because as you say, being born here in North America, there's a particular perspective, a particular way of being and seeing and engaging that now you've been invited to see beyond that because of the relationships and because of being stunned or struck silent, Mm. right, by, by the people that you're now honored and privileged to walk with and accompany. Um, Yeah, for sure. What what an invitation. What an invitation. I really want to thank you both for sharing your stories of of the impact that can actually come from engaging from a place and I'll I'll be audacious to say from a place of love and care, right? Because if you didn't love and care the people that you've been called to serve, you wouldn't have the instinct to even recognize the awe and the privilege of walking and serving with them, right? To the point of wanting to share your story, your vulnerability, and then to the point of sitting down and just listening to their story and their vulnerability for the sake of, of transformation and change. Right. So thank you both so very much for sharing your stories and for living into your ministries so faithfully and so boldly. And I will now take a little bit just to sit with what I've learned and what I've heard from you and pray to the spirit to give us a little bit more to reflect upon as we engage this gift of speech and silence. Silence. 
For the past 31 years, Gifts of Hope, the alternative gift-giving program of the Metro DC Synod, has raised and dispersed almost $4 million to organizations doing hope-filled work. Through Gifts of Hope, donors honor loved ones with more meaningful giving that goes beyond the traditional wrapped box. A gift of hope is the perfect gift for someone who doesn't need another thing and for those who are trying to escape commercialism. While Gifts of Hope started as a Christmas gift program and printed Christmas cards are still available at DC area churches, we now have a variety of digital cards for year-round celebrations available online. Learn more about the mission, beneficiary organizations, and how to give at giftsofhopedc.org and on social media at the handle Gifts of Hope DC. Maybe you too have taken a moment um, just to think of what this might look like and mean in your context. What does it mean? What does it mean to value um, when to speak up and when do we value and must um, just stay and listen? When is it important to, to say what needs to be said as theologians of the cross that say have to say name a thing what it is and when is it necessary for us to be told um what is the thing that is <laughs> to the point of sitting down and listening and processing what we're hearing what we're seeing um what we're living in this current moment I know that um, many of you may or may not be living out of vocation in ministry. Some of you are, um, if not one of these things, all of the above. You may be parents, you may be teachers, you may be lay leaders in congregations, you may be working for the government, you may be working secularly or for a nonprofit. Um, in every place where you are, you are called to be um, a disciple of Jesus, someone who is willing to engage life in its reality and also speak to the hope that we have in Christ. And so because we live in that tension of li living and seeing a particular reality in our own context, and because it's so easy to be consumed by particular realities that are so difficult to absorb, so difficult to process, this question for us today during this Advent season is an important one, I think. I think it's essential for us to give ourselves the opportunity to sit and discern in this moment what must be said, and in this moment, am I called to be silent? We may not be thinking about the same issue, right? It may be true. Um, I happen to be a parent now to two teenage daughters, and I'm realizing and learning that there is time to speak and teach and instruct and maybe even discipline. And then there's just time to sit and watch and see um, how they grow and how they live and how they learn from their own experiences. Um, that's just in parenting. Um, in my ministry as bishop, there are many, many times when the church and the world um, are are demanding that I say something. And those are the moments and the times where I happen to be stunned um, by particular realities that we're called into and called to live um, faithfully and respond faithfully. And I happen to be the type of person that needs to reflect 
because I do not want to lead from a place of impulse. And so even as the pressures outside of me um, want to demand that I show up in particular ways, um, I know for me, the person that God has called for this moment, in this moment, um, I need to stay silent for a moment until I actually know what needs to be said um, because I care. Because I care so deeply, I don't just want to say anything, right? And then there's a moment where um, I have no choice and the time has come to speak and say, say the thing, name, name a thing for what it is. And so I want us to think that maybe, maybe in this season, you're in either or place or given all the different lived experiences that you have, the different contexts in which you live, that maybe there's one space where it, the time is now. You have to speak. <laughs> you have to say something because if you don't, who will? That might be true in one particular context in which you live. And then maybe in another, in another space where you may not be the expert, where you may not necessarily know what to do or what to say, Maybe that's precisely the moment to just sit back and listen to those who do know and do know what to say. I really appreciate Pastor Christine's contribution to this conversation around engaging people who are resettling here in North America, coming from places of war, places of um, disconnect, places that have forced them to engage a new home, um, people who are grieving a loss, people who come from different cultures with different languages, different expertise, and how she Pastor Christine, a woman who has been living here in North America most of her life, who's been able to have uh, a particular um, and limited worldview, now because of her experience, because of the stories, because of the relationships forged through this now new call that she has, um, her whole worldview has changed. So what might that look like for us, that when we don't know, that we can actually admit, we don't know, um, I don't know your name, I don't know your story, I don't know your history, please, please share it with me. Um, please share it with me for the sake of relationship, for the, the sake of transformation, maybe even liberation from a bound understanding of another human being, another culture. Um, Please share with me and I will be silent and ask the spirit to lead my discernment as I listen to who you are and what your story is. And then once we hear those stories, once we learn, once we have been able to um, become articulate in the stories of the world and the stories of particular needs and urgencies, that we might be so bold to speak and to share that story and that truth um, and to name the thing that is for the sake of life itself, um, for the sake of those who are near us and those who are growing and learning around us. And so I, I would like for you to just engage this question in whatever context you're in, whatever your story may be, whatever your lived experiences have been and whatever your call may be, ask yourself, give yourself the opportunity to ask, when is it of value to speak up? And when is it important to stay silent? And then ask the spirit to give you the boldness to obey those urgencies of when you must speak and when 
you must stay silent. Let us pray. Holy God, Holy Spirit, um, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the ways that you happen in, in the most unexpected ways through the most unexpected people. Thank you for calling us into this world for such a time as this, this time which is full of turmoil and uncertainty, so much difficulty and frustration and confusion. Into this time you have called us. Into this time, you have called us to live and to be bold and courageous, to be in relationship with you for the sake of relationship with your world, your beloved world. Thank you this day for the invitation to consider when it is that we must speak and when it is that we must stay silent and how both of these, when inspired by you and when we give ourselves the opportunity to obey your invitation, will bring about life, abundant life, life that is transformative, life that is transforming, life that um, gives us the opportunity to experience freedom in you. We thank you, and we leave your people in your hands, knowing that you hold them and you keep them near with great and unconditional love. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Receive this blessing. May God give you grace never to sell yourself short. Grace to risk something big for something good. Grace to remember that the world is too dangerous for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and remain with you always, this day and forever. Amen. Thank you for being with us for this episode of The World is About to Turn. I invite you to share the, the podcast with others that may, that may also um, find it helpful to just engage the season of Advent in devotion with hard questions that matter and that will impact their life and their ministry. Thank you. And hopefully you'll be with us next week as we engage the gift of hope. Receive this blessing. May God give you grace never to sell yourself short. Grace to risk something big for something good. Grace to remember that the world is too dangerous for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. The blessing of God Almighty. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and remain with you always. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Dear friends, the world is about to turn. Live and lead boldly with God's help and in Jesus' name. <laughs>